Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to episode 14. This episode is one that is so important right now and always. We dive into the conversation of Black Lives Matter as well as social equality within the influencing world and we do this with Dominique Baker. She is one of the most wonderful, most positive and hardworking people that I know. She runs and curates Style Domination. That is her blog name and it's it's a curve on her name, Dominique. Her friends call her Dom and you can too. Listening to this blog, you're going to learn a lot about things that you can do to be a better ally. Scott and I ask questions that we genuinely were looking for answers for after doing a ton of research. And with the conversations that are going on right now, it is so important that we continue to make the conversation of equality for everyone a movement and not just a moment. So a little bit more about Dominique. She's a fashion beauty lifestyle blogger. So we're going to talk about blogging as well and a little bit about imposter syndrome near the end. She also gives us some real world examples of how she deals with negativity on her blog and she is so vulnerable within this conversation. Dominique has been featured in Flair Magazine, The Ottawa Citizen, Ottawa Lifestyle Magazine, Crowd Magazine, and so many more. And she's worked with notable brands like Weston Hotel, Charlotte Tilbury, L'Oreal, St. Yves Laurent Beauty, Givichi Beauty, and Giorgio Armani Beauty, and even more. And she's done national campaigns with RW and Co, Liz Watier, and the list just goes on, guys. So I can't wait for you to hear a little bit more on this topic and as well just in general with the influencing world and from such a badass like Dominique. Let's get into this episode. Welcome to We Did It Podcast. We're so excited to have you today. Thank you for taking some time out of your your busy schedule because you're a busy woman. Yeah, I am. But anything for you, I'm, I'm so thrilled that you reached out you know, to have little old me on your podcast. I, I remember the good old days of Toronto Fashion Week and goofing off together. So <laughs> this is you awesome. Know, it's so funny just to hear you say little old me because there's so many things that you do and there are so many publications you've been featured on and it's so cool. Scott, Dom and I met <laughs> at a blogging conference and I just walked in the room and I'm that person that loves to sit at the front of the room because You're a dork. that's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> after, Dorks, years and years, after years and years, I've accepted it. And I just see this stunning woman. And then uh, Carolina was also sitting there and I was like, oh, I'm going to go make some connections. <laughs> and Tom was right there beside me. Do you remember that conference? I do. I do. That was, that was great. And I think it's amazing that all three of us are still in touch. I haven't seen Carolina in a while, maybe about a year, but, um, you know, I think that goes to the power of networking and these conferences. You just meet awesome, like-minded people. A hundred percent. And that's why we wanted to have you on today. So the way our podcast works is the last podcast guest actually leaves a question for the next one so that you're all kind of connected together in some way. Um, So our last podcast guest, her name's Nisa Day. I think you actually may have met her at that conference because she was one of the representatives for Tweezerman at the time. And now she has her own PR firm. No way. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, definitely. I remember meeting all those tweezerman ladies. Jeez. So, so awesome. So her question to you is, what is the most vulnerable lesson you have learned in your career that has helped you grow into the leader you are today? 
Oh, geez. Just dropping bombs right off the beginning, I eh? know. Just going for it. Holy question. Um, <laughs> wow. Oh, I think that, so, you know, like I have two jobs, I guess you can say. So I'm a, I'm a project manager at work and I'm an influencer at night. And I feel that, you know, everybody, like I work in the federal government and everybody sort of makes fun of the federal government because it's sort of a dinosaur trudging along. But I think I've learned so many things in the federal service that have served me well. And like, we have a really strong values and ethics code that actually has, I mean, values and ethics are sort of a common sense thing, uh, like a common sense way to live your life. But having that actually laid out in a book, um, it's also sort of reads like media lines and PR training has really helped me with my blogging. It's really helped me deal with people too. And I think that's why I've been successful. Um, well, I think I'm successful with my blog. Um, oh my gosh, because so I, successful. I'd say you're doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I feel that's fine. <laughs> I feel that's really helped me um, with networking and uh, knowing my worth and and valuing people for what they do and what they bring to the table so so yeah i, I guess that's how i'd answer that i hope i answered that well yeah you crushed that that was great that was good <laughs> thanks <laughs> do you feel like then so i imagine i love ethics first and foremost and when you were talking about common sense it's so funny because it's like the cliche of like common sense isn't that common you oh, know yeah. like yeah with ethics. we're seeing that more and more tell now. me about it yeah and so with one of your more recent posts, which I read and loved, and it was um, vulnerable talking about like speaking about the movements that are happening right now. Did you find that hard, like balancing the, the ethics of, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to like, I just want to please people. But at the same time, like it's calling to you. You want to be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm ashamed it took me this long. Um, definitely. I, for a long time, I felt frankly, very grateful to just to be at the table and just to be invited to these fancy events and to get brand deals and campaigns and get free stuff. And I didn't want to end that by talking about things that frankly were always on my mind and really important to my community because I, I, I truly feel before all of this broke, um, a lot of white people we're uncomfortable talking about that and dealing with it head on. And the last thing I want to do is make that group of people uncomfortable then not want to work with me. And then uh, this literal epidemic broke out primarily in the States with um, black men constantly black and black men and women constantly being killed at the hands of police when it could have been dealt with, with, way less force and it just seemed to be happening to my community at a way higher rate than anybody else and it it bugged me it was like a fire burning inside and every like i saw my my black female counterparts starting to talk about it and that right there gave me strength i wish i started earlier but seeing my my fellow black bloggers influencers uh, bringing it to the forefront really helped me gain my voice. And I thought I would just do it. I, I thought, um, you know, my core 
group of supporters would like the post and read it and give some feedback. I didn't think it would blow up the way it did. And I'm so heartened because people of all walks of life, it started this crazy discussion. Um, I'm known for answering all of my comments on all of my platforms. And this is the first time in my five years of social media-ing that I can't. Like it's a full-time job in itself. And I'm just so like happy to see that. Like people are having conversations within little conversations within little conversations on my posts and it's so, so great. And I'm, I'm so glad I, I did that. I found my voice. I feel way more confident than I did even a month ago. And I feel like on top of all of this, and I, I don't want this to sound like I'm piggybacking off of a movement, but I've never felt so fired up and so full of ideas. It really got the creative juices flowing. So now at this point, like, you know, Instagramming and blogging about nail polish and skincare totally. isn't nearly as fulfilling as what you talking... want to like move towards. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even wanting to move towards fully, but I'd love to find a way to weave it in so that it's not a trend, you know, like I don't intend for it to be a trend on my page, but, um, you know, I just, I just feel that I have found uh, an interest that people are loving right now. So I would love to carry that on because I'm learning, people are learning. I can't tell you how many private uh, like DMs I get. Oh my goodness. Are like, we were going to ask you I'm that. Too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'll let you ask that, but, but they're just too afraid or ashamed to ask it in public for fear of getting jumped on. So yeah, it's, it's great. I think I feel like it so, has. Oh, sorry, Dom. You keep going. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think there's so much importance in what you said there in making this a movement, not just a moment. Yeah. And that's just such a defining factor. Is like, how could we ignore this now? We should have never been able to ignore this before, but because there's now this medium where things are getting caught on camera, it shocks you and it shakes you into thinking, oh my god, like what isn't being caught on camera? And then for someone like Scott and I, who have learned so much more about our white privilege and have so much more to learn, it's like, it doesn't even need to be that dramatic to need to shake you awake. It can be walking down the aisle in a pharmacy and seeing band-aids that are the color of my skin, but not someone else's yes. skin. You know, it yes. can be like going on a website to look for clothes. And I always say this in being a woman, like as I've been growing up, my body's been changing, like my hips are wider. And like, I would love to see women of different shapes and sizes, but like, can we get also women of different color? And yeah. even just looking at makeup brands now, I'm like, if I see a shade range that is like four shades there's no way in hell I'm going to be buying that makeup because they don't support. Yeah. And it's like those little things. What have been the small things that you have been so heartened to see that people have been starting to realize? Um, like, honestly, it, it spans a massive range. So um, things like what you just mentioned, like some of my, I got so used to it that I didn't even notice it anymore. Like some of my favorite fashion brands would never ever feature a woman of color 
like not just black women, like no Asian women, no South Asian women, definitely no indigenous women. Like that's something I'd like to, to see more, excuse me. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, seeing huge brands like Zimmerman, which are a favorite, like beautiful dresses and um, sort of their racist business practices have come to light. Like I, I look at Diet Prada's Instagram account, like it's my full-time job and <laughs> they are calling out them. people. Oh, it's incredible. They are calling out people left, right, and center. Um, like the beauty industry is a, is a huge one, a huge case in point. Like um, there are so many like hair care brands that absolutely do not cater to people who look like me. Uh, I find makeup brands are getting a lot better and I have Rihanna to thank for that. Mm -hmm. You know, when she came in the, on the scene and had like 3000 shades <laughs> of everything, and then it sold out, like people finally started, these other brands finally started to realize, like when I was a teenager and wanted to start wearing makeup, there was nothing for me, like nothing for me whatsoever. And uh, like other things I noticed now, um, like, like even on a work front, like I would attend meetings and I feel like nobody really cared what I have to say, but n now I'm getting a little bit more notice with that. Um, yeah. Walking into stores and being completely ignored and I have the dollars to spend. If you just give me the chance, I can give you a great commission, you know? So it's like, we all uh, love the pretty woman moment, but it's like, yes. I don't want that to be my everyday life. And you, it's not yeah. like you're walking into a store, even though this is, it wouldn't be right either, but like dressed like a pretty woman moment. Yeah, like, totally. You have a style blog. You're walking in <laughs> very stylish. So like, what yeah. It, like I, I, a lot of people just don't care. Something interesting that actually I always noticed and always bugged me, but I, I'm seeing a change now is the fitness industry, especially when it comes to yoga, Pilates, spinning, all of that stuff. It would like those studios were dominated by white people. Like even when I go to Toronto, which is quite a bit more diverse than Ottawa, um, you know, I would go to places like Soul Cycle and. I would be the only black person in the room. I think the instructor was black <laughs> and, and that was it. Or, you know, like there's lots of like yoga lattes and bar studios in Ottawa and I'm always the only woman of color. I would want to go and like follow them on Instagram or their Facebook pages and there's nobody who looks like me. And now they're all reaching out. Now they all want me to, to come and collaborate and do all this stuff, but how are it's you sort of a little around all of that? How are you feeling well, around that? Uh, right now, I'm, I'm frankly just accepting brand offers from, like offers from brands that already were inclusive. Like I know why, you know, brand X is reaching out to me now because they're trying to diversify their feed. And, you know, I don't want to be the only black face on your Instagram or your website. Like I need to know that you're, like if you've got, six other influencers on your Instagram page that, you know, you have a ton of pictures just revolving. I need to know that six other women of color are going to be featured too. Um, like some of these brands are, are so blatant. Like I saw Smythe, Smythe the label, they make their, those fabulous um, blazers. They just issued an apology and like a list of things that they're going to do better. 
um, in their advertising uh, in the future. And like, I, I scrolled through their Instagram and I, I was just sort of stunned because like everybody wears that stuff. I, I don't understand that mental block that people had to like, but that, that's a white privilege thing too. Like they, like a lot of these people, they just don't even think about it. Yeah, you know, because it's not that they're ignoring at the top making the decisions, then they're thinking, let's put them in there. It makes sense. They look like me or they, they don't even yeah. think about it. Like that's not even something that maybe before I would have even thought about. Exactly. You know? Like growing so that, up. That's something I was just going to say quickly that that's something I would get in my DMs. Like, and that, that kind of upsets me. Like, um, you know, people would say, whoa, you know, I didn't even realize this. I didn't even think about this. I'm like, how could you not? Um, I don't know. Oh, well, <laughs> at least it's changing. I yeah. And, and even just recognizing all of these things, it's, it has been eye opening in some senses. And then in others, it's just like, so incredible as well, just from an individualistic standpoint of being like, no, my voice does matter and her voice matters and his voice matters. And it, we all need to be raising our voices and calling out some of these brands that are posting, you know, their black square or whatever it is on the day. And yeah. No and context. That's not <laughs> no even, doing, that's not even, and just leaving a hashtag. That's not even supposed to be hashtag. It's like, that's not even doing anything. So yeah. what are your thoughts around, I was reading up more about call in culture as well. So yeah. what can you just tell our audience? Cause I even had to do some research because of the difference between call out culture, call in culture and cancel culture and yeah. how you really think that's applying right now. So I, I always knew about call out culture. That's, it's like sort of a big thing in the black community, like, um, calling out a brand or a person and frankly, shaming them into changing is like the only way a lot of black people feel that they can get change. Uh, but I worked in mental health in, for a long time and, uh, call out culture is something I don't entirely agree with. Some people, um, not some people, but I, like, I'm not entirely sure that people deserve to be called out and lose their livelihood and lose everything because of an ignorant comment. Let, let's say it's like, it's ignorant. It's not racist. That person deserves to be called in and educated and call calling in. I thought was just so fantastic. I attended the gem conference. I was supposed to interview Sarah Nicole of the birds papaya and uh, she, when, you know, the quarantine started and the conference went virtual, they had Sarah do like a, like a Zoom speak, like a speech instead, and a live. And she spoke about calling in people, this call-in culture. And it just, it resonated with me so hard because that's, that's the sort of thing I employ at work all the time. And... Uh, you get so much more traction when you treat the person with kindness and take the opportunity to listen to their point of view or listen to why they're being this way and you have a better chance of reasoning with them. I am not saying that everybody deserves to be reasoned with. I'm not going to reason with some like foaming at the mouth racist who wants to kill me because of my skin color. But uh yeah, if, if somebody's done something stupid because they're immature or 
they just don't know any better. I think that person deserves to be spoken to. Yeah. Instead of destroyed publicly. I even, uh, I remember I was reading so much and like posting as much as I could and still posting to share even just resources um, through learning more. And there was one that I posted and I took it a different way than I think it was meant. And it was something like, you know, you want to inspire people to change, not shame them into change. But sometimes you have to really call it out to change people's mind as well. And a friend of mine just sent me a message being like, hey, I saw this resource on this tweet from this other woman, like sharing her thoughts on it. And it totally changed my mind. But originally I didn't take it as that person had originally posted it. Like it was meant to be for being like, let's all inspire each other, like share art, like all these things. We already embrace this culture, but we don't acknowledge where it comes from. But I was just so thankful she sent me that message and it rocked me for the day. But mentally I was like, no, this is what it's all about. It's like, you need to be able to change your mind and learn more and be open to those conversations or else nothing's going to happen. So without naming any names, I think we've seen this play out in the public, in the media over the past week. And, you know, this powerful lady, it seems like she mistook a message. And instead of, instead of like just taking the time to research or listen, she just went full throttle. And then look what happened. She went full legal, baby. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, you have to be open-minded. And I feel like sometimes you just need to silence yourself and listen, like just be open to listening instead of being so defensive. And instead of just jumping on the bandwagon and feeling the need to be heard and feeling this, frankly, defensiveness and like being insulted. And I feel like that's a part of white privilege also. It's um, immediately just feeling so upset and so defensive about changed or willingness to see a different point of view. So I'm glad that people are taking the time to educate themselves and look for the resources also themselves. So that's, that's something that, you know, a lot of people in the black community are annoyed at, you know, so uh, we took the time to educate ourselves on various social issues. Um, Why does it always have to be up to us to educate others on why we're hurting and why we feel the way we do? So it's like, it's like, you know, that classic teaching moment in elementary school, you know, if you don't know a word, the teacher says, go look it up in the dictionary because, you know, it'll, it'll stick better if you go and do the research, right? So yeah, so, yeah, a hundred percent. I love that you said that as well. Um, we've been doing research on the word ally because at the end of the day, that's the goal and it's being anti-racist, not being like, what, what was it? Non-racist? Yeah. Some, yeah. And one of the ally things was a checklist of white privilege. And one of them that really stuck out to me was, do you get defensive when you're correct about something or corrected corrected about something? Yes. And thankfully I said no um, from that last experience, but I could see that being a big part because people get frustrated when they don't feel like they're in the right and they're trying to prove like they are in the right, but how can they know best? They just can't yeah. know best because you're not yeah. going through that experience every single day. 
Right. So, that, you know, this is something that I dealt with over the weekend. I posted about, um, I think it was the, the Colin Culture post. And uh, this guy DM'd me. He was too chicken or coward to say in the comments that he thought my post was tacky. And uh, So he slid he into the DMs. Very brave. Very Scott brave. and I decided yes. we're going to call yes. him Troll and not even say his name because it just doesn't deserve it. So <laughs> yeah. we're just going to call him it Troll. It does not deserve it. I wasn't going to say it either, <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, he, uh, I don't know, called my post tacky. He didn't like how I was incorporating fashion into these posts about the movement and educating people on how I feel and my ex own experiences. And he was so condescending about it. And so like, you could feel his need to be right through his his words and it just it really stuck with me like I okay when I first started on Instagram and YouTube I was called every name in the book and I feel like now it's a now I don't get that so much I think it's a combination of me building a solid community of people who actually like me and like what I do and the filters on these platforms have gotten better we'll also go to but, bat you know, for you like there is no room for this, you know, it, it's, it, you know, it's kind of crazy to see like people just rally around me. Like I don't even have to say anything. It's just like this, this core group of people will be like, uh, -uh that, that's not happening. <laughs> not to Dom. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like every now and then I do get the nasty person and, um, his, like, he just sort of like w was really snotty and really, uh, I don't know, condescending and patronizing about his, the point he wanted to get across. I thought it was pretty tacky that he, he did that period and cowardly that he didn't want to say it in the comments. You know, people disagree with me in, in my comment section all the time, but they do so in a reasonable fashion. Like if you, if you don't like the fact that I mentioned a brand that gives back to charity, like you can say that in the comments. You don't have to make me feel bad about it anyways so um yeah yeah that 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 kind of sucked and I, I could just really feel how defensive he was and and not defensive but yeah actually maybe like the fact that my post was talking about call-out culture and and some white privilege and whatever uh I think that just totally elicited his tacky comment and instead of le learning like like, where do you get off telling me, especially right now, a black woman and you're a black, a white guy, like how I should feel and how I should do things. If I went super militant, I don't, like, I, I think half these people would listen to me. So I felt the best way to get my message across is to weave in the content they're used to along with the message, right? And, and yeah, he just, yeah, he just went off. Anyways. That's what I think it's is so problem. weird. Yeah, well, I think yeah. it's so weird that it's Amanda gets this too sometimes, not to this extent, but where someone tells you how to run your own feed, and it's like Ugh. this is this is my the personal unsolicited thing. advice. Yeah. yeah, you're like, thank you, but like Why? I did not want. <laughs> I think you even mentioned it too, where I don't know if it was your partner, but someone said like, look at the source where this is coming from. Amanda and I yeah. talk about this all the time when something sticks with you and you just can't stop thinking about like a negative comment. And then you just have to remember, like, I don't know this person. Why do I value this person's opinion? Like, who are you know, they? That is, that is such a great point. I, um, I'm not coming down on, on anyone. Uh, 
but I have this one follower and she's a black Mormon living in Utah. And uh, like, like, um, like a, a hardcore Mormon, let's say like the milkmaid dresses and the hair covered and, and the braids and stuff. And like, she always gets on me for being immodest. And I, I'm like, wow. I'm running a fashion like blog and, 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 and like my Instagram's all about fashion and beauty. Like, you Why don't are have to you follow here? me. Yeah, you don't have to follow <laughs> exactly. me. What are you doing here? Yeah, exactly. There's so this there one, I'm considering the stores. There's this one TikTok um, sound dom, and it's like, it's this girl, she does voices, and it's kind of a two-part. She's talking to herself, but she's acting two characters. And the one girl's yes. like, I don't like your content. And the other girl's like, that's okay. Like, that's cool. You can unsubscribe. Like, no worries. No hard feelings. And she's like, I don't like it. And it just keeps on going. So and funny. it's so true. And you know what? I, I am like you. I'm so open for constructive criticism or thoughts because I actually had someone comment on one of my things saying, hey, we're all posting black squares. You have to post a black square. And I was like, I'm not going to because I don't want to take up space because I think today is about allowing that space to completely open up for resources. Instead, I'm going to share as many resources on my story. I respect yeah. your decision to post that, but this is why I'm making this decision. Essentially saying, please don't tell me what to do. I yeah. know what's best for me. And I respect those kind of comments. Like, let's have a conversation there. But when someone like Scott said, says something on a YouTube video, like you're not a model or whatever, why are you showing off clothes? It's just like, Boy, I got my trigger finger on the block button. Like, see you never. Oh my gosh. I have no space for that. This is my little corner of the internet. Get out of my room. I follow a black influencer named Monroe Steele. She's a New York blogger and she's hilarious. And um, she was talking a bit about this. Uh, a lot of black influencers had a, a massive surge in followers over the past few weeks. So a lot of us reintroduced ourselves on our Instagram pages because we've got all these new people following us. And so she listed 10 things about her and she's super sassy, right? And she goes, I want y'all to know that this Instagram right here is a dictatorship, not a democracy. So if you give me any crap, I am hitting that block button, baby. And I was like, oh my. Yes. I want to steal this. Yes. Like I thought that was so awesome because like I block people instantly, especially on YouTube. I find YouTube is a bit of a cesspool. It is. I'll get way, way, yeah, I'll get way more hate on YouTube than anywhere else. And I have this one follower, this one subscriber who told me that she hate watches all of my videos. She can't right. stand me. She calls like she's black herself but like would call me an oreo and and says that she watches my videos just to see what stupid stuff i'll talk about next and i was just like wow imagine being that lonely yeah and sad and and desperate and cruel and bored that wow you you tune in every week to cut me up mm -hmm. Amanda and I talk about that too. Makes where we you shake your head. Yeah, where we say, just think of this person's life. Like that they yeah. like that they would write this. Just and so but obviously that's another like, thing. But that's another thing, you know, like like this person is so ungrateful. She has an iPhone and a computer and electricity. Therefore, I'm assuming she has a roof over her head and she's alive, so she has food to eat. 
which is so much more ahead than so many other people. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a soul to be alive, she- though, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's another one I'm stealing. <laughs> but I just, I just feel like, wow, like you have so much to be grateful for and so much to be happy for, and and this is how miserable. Um, I I went through a really rough two years. You know, my dad had a kidney transplant. My like all in the same year, dad had a kidney transplant. Granny died, who I adored. My father-in-law passed away and he practically raised me. And an aunt I was very close to died and I was struggling. And I won't hesitate to admit that I sought help. I got some therapy. We and, are so uh, she, therapy people. So yes, I, I, that for yeah. the people back. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like it still carries a lot of stigma. Um, but I just don't, like, I don't know why it's so helpful and beneficial, especially if you find a therapist who's really good. And she just helped me become way more empathetic. I feel like Dom two years ago would have told little miss, I hate watch your YouTube videos, like where to go and how to get there. But, but now it's just like, you, you just know, feel sad like for she, them. Yeah. Yeah. Because, of, because God knows what's happening in her life that she's mm. just like, so kind of sad and miserable. So I, I try to keep that in mind. We yeah. were, we were talking about your DMs earlier, different DM, not this guy. Uh, but I assume of people looking to you for, so what do I do next? Like people looking for advice and by people, I just mean white people. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is not the episode that we're going to tiptoe around anything. <laughs> I think it's interesting. <laughs> okay, that's okay. This when you good. were talking, we yeah, we when you were talking, so I was thinking and I was doing reading and I totally agree where often I come from an improv background. And so everyone's first impulse oh, when you're like put on the spot is defensive. It's like a reflex, you know, like I get put on the spot. I'm going to be defensive. I'm going to protect myself. So in this kind of discourse, I feel like a white person's immediate response to any of this is I have to prove I'm not a racist. Or, well, I'm not a racist. I have a black friend. They just feel, <laughs> yeah, like, to, I don't know. I, and I think obviously that's wrong, but they feel like I'm going to be on the defensive. I'm going to show I'm not a racist. Like, how dare you accuse me when it's like, no, we're just talking. Like, we're just sharing. Um, yeah. So what, what are you experiencing? Because, I mean, that was just uh, my, like, preliminary thought. I I have to say I haven't gotten any of that from white people whatsoever. No one trying to prove that they're a racist. You know what I do get though that kind of breaks my heart is a all from women to white women to an absolute surge in apologies. Mm. Like an absolute surge in I'm so sorry, Dom. I'm so sorry that you have you've been through this, or this has been your experience, or I'm so sorry, I had no idea, or, you know, I'm so sorry this, and I'm so sorry that, and I'm, I just like, you know, a, a lot of these people I have actually known for a long time, they're either followers that I've had for a long time, or friends, and, uh, you know, admittedly, like, m- myself, like, Ottawa's quite white, Um, but it's very politically correct because it's a government town. So a lot of my girlfriends are white, but they're like, they're really cool people. And we would go out and, and race would never come up. Like, it's not like we were like, it wasn't a, like a, it's not like we were avoiding it. It just like, we're, we're out on a Thursday night having our happy hour cocktails and nobody wants to talk about anything heavy. So, um, 
yeah, like a, a lot of them would be like, oh God, I'm so sorry. And, and whatever. So like, some, like sometimes, like, I don't even know what to say about that, but yeah, definitely a lot of apologies. Um, I get a lot of teenage girls, like young girls, um, like this one girl, she's 12, um, reached out to ask what she could do to be better. And I just thought that was so insightful of her. So like self-aware of her, like, like I'd love to know, keep in touch with this little kid and, Mm -hmm. and make sure, you know, like just see what kind of girl she turns into. Um, yeah. So I get a lot of teenage girls who, uh, like black, white, whatever, they're either recounting their racist, racist experiences. I have, uh, white teenagers who are like, you know, my dad's really racist. How can I, get through to him like nothing I say he doesn't listen and what he says makes me feel uncomfortable and makes me feel really bad or you know uh like this one girl I she actually kind of upset me because she married a black man and wrote in my comments actually uh wow I didn't care about any of this until I married a black man and I was just so taken aback like you didn't care and and you feel okay like even saying this like like i don't know if she meant that like maybe she meant i didn't know anything about it not care but i mean she she felt comfortable enough leaving it um on my on my instagram feed for everybody to see and so actually i called her out on it okay cuz okay so she wrote that in my comment section and then she felt the need to follow up with a a personal dm about how strong she felt I was and the great work I'm doing. And thank you for opening the discussions. And I'm like, you know, I I saw what you posted and I thought it was sort of a crummy thing to post and sort of shameful. I, I, I told her I would be ashamed to write that in public for people to see. Like you're in your thirties. How, how did you not know or not care about any of this? Like you watch the news like this has been happening for a long time. Like racism is a thing. <laughs> so, so yeah, those, that's like, that pretty much spans the gamut of questions I get in my DMs. I get a lot of white mothers to biracial children mm. asking how to take care of their hair. Because <laughs> my YouTube channel is Aww. devoted to hair care. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I've had a surge of those, which I love. Like I could talk about beauty forever so yeah Yeah, Matt you're like okay we're gonna have some videos coming out like and subscribe be here forever I've got a lot of tips (laughs) yeah exactly well so that's that's pretty much it what we've been talking about as well is like how we can be the best allies but the balance as well between showing people we're allies but then also doing the work behind the scenes so what are your thoughts on the performative allyship and the difference between actually doing things behind the scenes? So by this, I mean, it's so hard because I've donated to a couple of things, um, but I don't want to put it out on my social media being like, hey, I donated here. I rather just- And you know what? That, that's you know. okay. I, I feel a lot of people are being called out for that. And um you know, just because you're not putting it on your Instagram for everybody to see doesn't mean that you're a bad person. So like, um, here in Ottawa, a bunch of influencers dumped on another one for not posting anything about it, but her mother had died over the weekend. Mm. 
and uh, you know, that's why. So like nobody knows like what your reality is and uh, you know, posting to Instagram and, and, and sharing a message is one thing and yeah, actually doing something is another. So I think it's great. You know, um, what, I, what I love, what heartens me is seeing continual posts by the same person really spreading awareness, like that's a sign to me that they really do care. And uh, the sharing of resources, like rock solid resources by various foundations, other influencers, government officials, government organizations. Um, like I, I love seeing that. Um, I love also seeing, you know, like people who had diverse feeds to begin with and, and them just, maybe even sharing the spotlight on their indigenous friend or their, you know, black friend that, that can sound sort of like, Oh, you know, <laughs> here's my friend of another color, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but seeing that they're taking the time to feature that person and uplift that person and, and, um, you know, give that person a bit of a platform, I think is really, really great. The performative stuff's really annoying. And I think actually the performative stuff's been happening for a long time. And, um, you, you know, just because you have a diverse Instagram feed, like just because you're a fashion brand with a diverse Instagram feed doesn't mean you're really doing the work. I mean, it is a money-making venture and you double, triple your profits if you cater to everybody, right? So, um, yeah, just following up with actual actions and inclusivity. Yeah, that's that's being a real ally. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Um, so with talking about that and talking about people behind the scenes, I love that you mentioned, you know, you never know what someone is going through. I get that yeah. a lot, even just being on TV. It's so tough because every single time anyone turns on the TV ever, someone is looking at you in the screen smiling and it doesn't matter if they just got told their friend has cancer or they got broken up with, like I had to go through that. Um, like just different things. You still have to go to work and put on a smile. Right. And I have found just curving it to social media as a whole, like Dom, not only are you working full time, you're also influencing. You're also now with everything going on, being sent all of these questions and social media is even going wild on this thing that is so personal to you and a community that you are a part of. How are you staying positive and keeping your own light? Because one you are one of the funniest people that I follow on social media because I'm blessed to follow your personal account as well. And two, you're just like constantly sharing this beautiful content. So what are you doing to uplift yourself on the days that you feel super crummy? Um, okay. So I had a super crummy day on Saturday and it was either sat Friday or Saturday. And I just took a step back and I didn't post anything. And I, like, like I, I do really simple stuff to feel better. Excuse me. I'll take the dog for a walk. I'll literally sit on the floor and cuddle the dog. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a horror movie lover and horror movies are probably not the best way to unwind and reset. <laughs> like, Oh, let's <laughs> run sinister, you know? Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I watch my favorite scary movies or um, take a bubble bath, but yeah, it, it was really rough and I have it easy, you know, like I'm not getting a lot of racist hate, knock on wood. Um, 
on my social media like other people are. But uh, something I struggled with, which is so weird because, you know, a month, two months ago, I would have been like, yeah, man, followers. But now there's so many and it's kind of anxiety inducing. Like every day I, I go on my Instagram and there's, there's more and more and more. And I'm, I'm just like, like that phenomenon of being afraid of your own success. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know what I'm feeling. Like, I don't even know what to voice that. It's like on my list of questions for the therapist. <laughs> so that I struggled with. And like, I, I, part of me even feels ashamed voicing, ashamed voicing that. Uh, but, but yeah, like there are some heavy days and um, I've lost a lot of sleep actually. Like I haven't mm. been sleeping as well. Um, there's some things that I need to check about myself too. Like I'm really, really sensitive, more sensitive than I'd like to admit. And I take things really personally. So when somebody challenges me or calls me tacky or whatever, it kind of ruins my day and I hate that. So like that sort of stuff I'd like to get a better handle on so that I can, I can be the best Dom I can be. And like with work and stuff, it's, it's easier. Like I'm loving teleworking and not going into the office. Like I don't lose two hours a day in the commute and, um, you know, being at home, like while I'm on a zoom teleconference for an epidemiology update that I don't even understand, <laughs> I can sort of do things on the side. Right. So, um, you know, with, with blogging, like just managing everything, it's all about time management. And I feel like this sounds so crazy, but I feel like I'm time managing my own mental health. So when I, like every day I'm trying to schedule just some me time, just to like replenish the soul and give my mind a break. Uh, yeah. Do you feel like the follower thing might be like, expectations that you're putting on yourself where you're like or even a little bit yeah, of imposter maybe. syndrome yeah oh how about a whole lot of it and uh i i like i i talked about this you know with my therapist i didn't come from much like we weren't poor but you know both my parents had to work two jobs at various points in their lives to make ends meet and i would see my friends you know going away for two weeks to florida every summer or everybody turning 16 in grade 11 and like half of them getting cars and stuff like that. And now that, you know, I have the nice house and I have the nice cars and, and like all, all of this stuff, uh, it still feels really weird. Like it's not mine. So like one, one of my goals, I hate talking about this. I don't want to sound like an a-hole. I love it. No, please. Oh my gosh, we love this stuff. Let us tell yeah. you about everything we're working on mentally right after this to make you feel comfortable. We love vulnerability. Okay, we love goals. We love all of this. It's all good. Uh, awesome. So something that helps me and something I've done ever since I started blogging five years ago is every quarter I sit down and I write a list of goals and nothing too extensive. There's all, it's always like four or five goals and the steps to get there to make it happen. And uh, I always hit every single goal. I've never not hit a goal. The only goal that I haven't hit is buy a Chanel bag, but that's like my good <laughs> fiscal sense, not allowing me <laughs> to spend like the same amount on a used car, like a, on a bag as a used car. So uh, I always wanted a BMW. Like it was always like my barometer of success, mm -hmm. like this fancy car. And last year was a like, 
banner year for me with blogging. So I banked a lot of it and I got my dream car. Sweet. And it still doesn't feel like mine. It still really doesn't feel like mine. And, you know, for a long time, I just sort of downplayed it. I'm like, ah, you know, it's quarantine. I'm not driving it anywhere. It's sitting in the driveway or in the garage. And maybe that's why I don't feel a connection to it. But I feel like an imposter. Like, I feel like that little girl who didn't have the cool clothes and, and didn't have, like, all the other stuff that the kids had. And uh, what am I doing driving this thing? And, like, even, like, parking it in the garage of this house, I'm like, I can't even believe I'm living here. And then um, when it comes to my blog and my Instagram, I always downplay my successes and so many people slap me when I do. I'm super self-deprecating and it, it, it takes a lot. Like that's something I need to work on. I'm, I'm just letting myself be happy for myself and letting myself feel the success. Uh, yeah, I guess with all these new followers, I, I, I have a lot of, oh my God, why is this person following me? Like every now and then like somebody big will follow me and I'm like, oh, that must be a mistake. They must have, you know, like fat finger syndrome or whatever <laughs> followed me by accident. And I annoy myself by not allowing myself to just take that in and be happy with it. So yeah, maybe that's where it all stems from. You, you and Amanda, not to speak for you, Amanda, but oh are kindred spirits with a lot of I that. Like relatable, relatable, relatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One question I have for you is what advice would you give to me if I came and just said all that to you? You know, I, th that's a great question. I, I've heard this before from other people. I'm like, girl, you're just, you're just being stupid, blah, 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 you know, like, just take it all in. Like, like, okay, for instance, I have this girlfriend, same boat, and she bought some fancy designer bag, and uh, we we're walking through the mall, and she's trying to hold it under her cardigan. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I don't know. It's so ostentatious. I, it feels weird. And I'm like, oh, my God, give me the bag. I'll hold it, blah, blah, blah. But, like, now I see, like, where she's coming from. I, I think, you know just sitting down and, and maybe like something that helps me is just looking at my editorial calendar and seeing the stuff that's on the horizon and thinking, well, I did this, you know, like, Oh, wow, I'm going to be working with this brand and this is a big deal. And I earned this. So, um, you know, I should feel good about that. Uh, you know, like I reward myself when I hit blogging goals also, like usually with like, Every now and then it'll be a big thing, like a fancy bag or whatever, or jewelry. But, um, you know, I'll go get myself ice cream and stuff like that. And as I'm going there, I'm thinking, you know, I earned this because I did that, blah, blah, blah. So that's, that's probably what I would tell you to focus on the fact that, you, you know, nobody handed this, all this success to you. You worked for it. You deserve to revel in that a little bit. That, that's something I actually have on the computer that just like a post-it note that says revel. And, you know, it's just a reminder for me like that it's okay to be happy for yourself. Personally, I think that's something women struggle with. I've never heard a man be like, oh, not my BMW, you know, like <laughs> it's always women who are like, I feel who really struggle with the imposter thing and really struggle with the self-deprecation and the not really appreciating themselves it's uh yeah i know everybody has different backgrounds that it feeds into that but 
that that that's what I would say. You've earned this. You 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 have every right to feel good about it. I can't wait for you to say this to yourself in the mirror tonight. To be driving <laughs> and holding the steering wheel, just looking in the rear view mirror. Ice cream in one hand. Ice cream in one hand. <laughs> the dog steering in the other. Wheel. Yeah. Not even driving the car. Dogs driving. Um, you deserve yes. all of those words that you just said. Are you kidding me? Like putting together an editorial calendar. If you're listening to this right now and you're an influencer, this is like the pinnacle of how you reach success. You plan for success. You don't yeah. you don't just wait for it to happen. You work at it. You work yeah. full time. There's no excuse that someone out there can't be reaching for their dreams if they look at someone like you because you have <laughs> been doing that. And one million percent, I bought a Gucci belt in Dubai and I still can't wear it around town because it feels too ostentatious. It's just one of those things. Uh, I could totally relate to that story too. We're working on it. You know, I I have a girlfriend who is the absolute opposite. Like she has this crazy sense of self-confidence, which is sometimes almost laughable. And like, she's a peacock, right? Like she'll put that stuff on (laughs) and she's literally like walking like this. And she she would literally go like this so that you could see her belt more clearly. And I wish I had a little bit of that. Like, I wish I had, I I wish I had way more of that. But yeah, you know, like that's, that's another thing. And you know how people do daily affirmations and, and it boosts your self-confidence, but I have some favorite quotes that I look at daily, like, you know, fortune favors the, the ones who plan something like that. I'm, I'm butchering that quote, but uh, yeah, like, like quotes that really w- resonate with me. I, I will look at those just to puff me up a little. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, another, that's, an, that, that's another thing I wanted to mention. Um, I think part of my success was going to Toronto a lot to go to events that sort of put me on the map. But Amanda, I would have a panic attack just walking through the threshold of some of those event spaces. And you know, some of the Toronto bloggers are kind of scary too. I'm like, oh God, you know, my clothes aren't cool enough. Uh, so-and-so is going to be there. Oh my God. You're looking across the room, you see her, you're like, oh my God, she's here. Oh my God. I mean, breathing the same air. Yes. They're feeling the exact same thing. I feel the exact same thing when I walk in those scenarios. When I saw you at Toronto Fashion Week, I was like, safe place, safe place. Just like runs over, right? Totally. And I think Erica, so my sister was with us that night. And I think Erica and I actually talked about that, how happy we were to see a familiar face and how we were literally pooing our pants walking in. Like, what are we doing here? Look at all these fancy people. Look at our clothes. Like we put together, I think I was lucky. Rachel Sin lent me a dress for that event. That blue, blue and, piece, right? Yes. That I still remember to this day. Oh my gosh. But she had confirmed, I think that morning or the night before that she could lend me a dress. And I had an outfit from forever 21 to wear. And I was like, how can I spruce this up and make it look like, I don't know. (laughs) So yeah, definitely suffer from the imposter thing. I feel like it'll never go away for me, but I'm working on it. There's always things that we can work on. Scott and I were talking about that the other day because sometimes we'll do a breakout episode where we just chat. And uh, one of the topics we really want to talk about is imposter syndrome because everything you said, like so relatable for me as well. And there'll always be a step like that. Like one day, Dominique is going to be at 100 thousand followers. Like one day, like a hundred percent, I have no doubt about it. But like, what does that even mean if she's not sure of herself being there? Right? Like yeah. what does that even mean oh, if she's not like sitting in her values of who she is and how she got there? 
like it's just you're you just got to be sure of the journey and like where you're going and and what you want to put out there and if that changes along the way like it has for you and even just hearing this conversation like no I am going to share these things with my audience because this is a part of me that that's all gravy like more people are following yes. now because that's a dynamic of who you are. Yes. And I feel also it's relatable. You know, I, I feel like maybe I, w- I was stalled, plateaued for a long time because like the, definitely the content I was putting out, no, nobody could either relate a bit to it or cared. And then when I started talking about a cause that meant a lot to me or, or just even... I feel like when I talk about just my feelings on stuff or how I'm feeling, oh my gosh, it just does so well because so many people can relate. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just, um, I, w- I would love to, I would love to do more of that. And you know, I, I like it's reflected in my email inbox. Like I'm getting so many offers lately and I'm turning so many down because they just don't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Like some of that stuff, I, I it just doesn't resonate with me anymore. And uh, this is what I want to talk about. And what I want to focus on is hopefully like landing campaigns that are longstanding and and pay a lot of money so that I can work less and create more of what I want to do more. You know, that's, that's my ultimate goal. Like I haven't felt like, I felt heavy a lot with everything going on, but I haven't felt this full either in so long. I haven't felt this jazzed and motivated in so long. <laughs> we were we were thinking of asking that too. Do you yeah. want to go for it? No, you go for it. So to, to talk about that with like creativity, um, when like do you feel, I don't know how do we go into this. When do you feel you're most creative? Like what do you have to do around you to like get the sparks flying? Like, so now you've got this creative energy inside you. How do you find like you channel it best? Oh God. You know, this is honestly such a great question because I felt so unmotivated for so long. There were so many times where I think this is a problem too with a lot of influencers. We take pictures first and then try to craft a caption around it. And that's, I really feel now the wrong way to do it. That's another thing I learned from the bird's papaya. I was thinking about that today. Talk. I was thinking about that yeah. today. So I really, yeah, continue on. So I just wanted to pump you up. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Like, thank you. I, I, it just hit me like a freaking thunderbolt. And um, now so I'm a writer first and foremost, a photographer second, and by no means professional in any sense of the word, but those are what, get my creative juices flowing. And that's what I used to do when I started my blog. I would write the blog post first and then shoot the stuff after because it gave me a starting point of how I wanted my beautiful content to look. And for so long, I feel like the quarantine was such an eye-opener for me. I don't want to be insensitive. I know that obviously I work in public health in quarantine and border health <laughs> that, you know, this, this killed a lot of people. It, 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 it affected our world as a whole. It was totally unprecedented, but it forced me to sit down and, uh, had all this free time and, uh, it gave me a chance to sit down and, and think about what I wanted to do and what I wanted to capture. And I started taking pictures around my house 
like, how can I make this look better? How can I look, make the house look better? All this stuff. And those photos started to kill, like just do so well. And um, I think just being in my own space, this is going to sound so terrible. I hope no brands are listening, but not being under the thumb of a brand, no deadlines, because a lot of my collaborations got canceled. So I had all this time to think and I could post and shoot whatever I wanted. Like I could put up a picture of just a dog sitting on the chair and that would do so great. And um, your dog is so when I, Thank you. He really is. He's my heart. Like <laughs> him and my husband are jealous of each other. It's kind of funny. But um, yeah, what, what, what got me jazz, what, what really reignited my creative juices, got the creativity flowing were frankly news headlines. And, um, you know, uh, what I do is like I, in my, the notes section in my iPhone, I would just write down little ideas I have. So I had the time to sit down and go through it and start, start right there. That was a great starting point. Uh, I feel like this is terrible. Like, I feel like I reconnected with my husband. Like we get along well, there's no marital issues, but, um, having the time to sit down and talk to him again and, and like learn about things we want to do and whatever that got my creative juices flowing. Um, being at work, reading situation reports about how COVID's affecting stuff, like you name it. I was just, and I think it was like sort of a snowball, you know, what one thing would inspire me and then that would snowball into another, so on and so forth. Uh, something else that really inspired me just from like a, a pretty simple standpoint is I started getting a lot of clothes for free last year, which is awesome. <laughs> so awesome. But I finally, yeah, I finally working from home, like over the lunch hour, I'm at home or before work, like I was getting up early. So I had all this time before work and then after work, I could actually try on stuff and style stuff and put things together. And I was so bored of my clothes. This happens to you when you have like a nine to five job, you wear like the same, like five things, five, the same four things <laughs> over and over again. And uh, you've got this closet full of beautiful clothes, but you just don't have the time to put them together and, and see how things look like style them up. And I had time to do that. I had time to sit down and read that got the creative juices flowing. Um, I got subscriptions, like, like I was ingesting news like crazy to the point where I had to stop. It was just not good for my mental health. Like at the beginning, like all the COVID stuff was just so depressing, I was like but I too. got, yeah, we were like that. Yeah, too. I think everybody was right. But I got subscriptions to the New York times and the globe and mail, and they have these sections of the paper, like the, the New York times, their style section and life section, I feel like even like how they cover current events is just so much better than a lot of other news sources. Obviously it's award-winning and same with the Globe and Mail, like their, their editorial, like the op-eds and stuff like that. I don't know. I feel like, like a lot of influencers I feel could really take, like could really learn if, if they did that instead of oh just fashion magazines and other fashion blogs, like just to expand your horizons a bit. But on that note, I had even more time to scroll through Instagram and found all these other accounts that were so bomb, so good, like photography on point, 
uh, Lightroom editing on point. I started following Lightroom on Instagram and it was a, like a game changer. So yeah, like all this stuff, like just having the time really, it, all it boils down to is having the time. I was going to bring that up because did you mention that it was an hour one way to work for you? That's a lot of time yeah. accumulated. Yeah. And you know what? If you look at where I live, like my workplace, my office is in like basically the same area of town as where I live. In the summer, when everybody's on vacation, like all government people take the same vacation, it <laughs> seems. So there's no traffic. And I'm actually against, no, that's not true. Uh, I'm going with the rest of traffic on the way to work. So in the winter, uh, and especially if there's any sort of weather, it's an hour to an hour and 45 minutes to get to work. But in the summer, and even if you map it out, it's like 10 kilometers. It's like a seven minute wow. drive or whatever. And that, that's how bad it is. And oh my gosh. I don't care. Okay. So the nice car helps <laughs> and podcasts help and all that stuff, but you can't help but see yeah. at the amount of time, the amount of your life Most that you spend resource. sitting in your car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, I hated that. I don't ever want to go back to the office. I love teleworking. Yeah, I, I, so that, that freed up two hours a day. I love that. I also really like what you said about bloggers benefiting from looking at other areas. So I was talking to Scott about this the other day. The way I want to take my YouTube is more in like a doc style. Like even if I'm doing something where it's a fashion haul, I did like history behind the cargo shorts oh, that I bought or something like that. Yes. But also there's always those stories of like <clears throat> Denzel Washington still takes acting classes. Like you're telling me Denzel Washington still takes acting classes? There is no way in heck that I shouldn't still be learning about how to write better, how to photograph better, how to video yes. better, how to tell a story better. Yes. So I love that you brought that to light because I, I don't read any newspapers or anything like that. So I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah. Hey, look, like I'm not coming down on anybody for not doing that. And it's sort of like sadly a dying art. Um, but like I've learned so much and I, I feel like that's another credit to my success is I'm always learning. Like I'm always taking photography classes and I am taking writing classes and, you know, I, I'm taking this class and that class. Like I love to learn, but it just, just because you get older or just because you feel you've mastered your craft doesn't mean you should stop learning. And I was going to say, Amanda, that is a great idea. Like documentaries, like I would love that. I'm immediately interested. Informative posts, videos do so, so well. Like if your viewers can take something away from that, it does so well. You should check out Karen Britchick if you haven't already on YouTube. She has this great series called um, something along the lines here. I'm going to look it up. What people are wearing in New York. And she just hits the streets and stops oh, I've people. seen that. And just stops and people it, and says, what are you wearing? How, and then adds up how much it is. Yeah. Like you name it. And she, like I'd follow her. I followed her for a long time. Like I just love her. She's older too. So I feel like her, oh, I, like I don't want to generalize, but I feel like her content is just meatier, you know, mm. and uh, she has such a lovely way of delivering it. It's always good so to have I watch a strong her, why, like a strong purpose. Like, why am I pressing publish? Is it to inspire? Is it just because I like it? Is it to teach someone something? Like, what is my why today? Do you want Google AdSense dollars? You know, like you really need to, yes. you really need to benefit, <laughs> you really need to benefit your audience. So like with Karen, 
like I think it was like early, la not this year, last year, I think she was at 50,000 subscribers and now she's at 206. And that's wholly because of the What Everyone is Wearing in New York series. It's amazing. I'll, I'll send you the link to this, the playlist. You're the best. But it's, ju it's just great. It's just if, great. And it's if so If you guys are listening, well I'll put done. the link in the description as well. So you can check out if you're listening right now. I do have a really big last question for you and then a couple of little tiny ones because we're okay. trying to be cognizant of your time. We just love talking yes. to you, Dom. You're so great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. So the last big question, um, I was talking to Scott about this the other day. So I had a period of time where I had a lot of sponsorships all at once. As a weather person, we like to say when it rains, it pours. And it certainly did at this point. And okay. so I was feeling so self-conscious of the fact that I had so many sponsorships coming out because I also love posting as much organic content as possible. How do yeah. you get around that mind thing? Because if I see, oh man, Dom's got this sponsorship, that sponsorship, in my mind, for you or for anyone, I'm like, get it, girl. Like one, this is a brand that you respect, you love. And two, you're like making money, you're growing your business, get it. But for me personally, I'm like, oh shoot, I hope that people don't think that I'm just selling ads. Like it can get overwhelming when you just have things come up at certain times and you can't control that. Or you have like a week's worth of them and then it just looks completely inorganic. Mm -hmm. uh, I learned the hard way. Uh, I look at my Instagram feed and I'm contractually obligated to keep some of these like sponsored posts up for like a year or two. <laughs> and um, they just didn't fit with my philosophy or the product turned out to like, I discovered better products along the way. And uh, that makes me so mad. It's like a constant reminder of do better, you know, like research the brand and, and research this. But, you know, I every now and then get crap from people who are like, oh, another sponsored post. This is, you know, I, I hate this. And I get it. It, it. Like, you know, when it all boils down to it, it is an ad. And what do we do when we see ads? We press fast forward, we leave the room, whatever. So it takes like, you really need to sit and think like, A, does it align with your philosophy? And B, how can I shoot this so that it's compelling and engaging? Like, what story can I tell that will benefit me, benefit my followers, and make the brand happy, right? So that editorial calendar came out really, really handy. So brands will, you know, just because they're paying you doesn't mean that they have you by the neck. You can negotiate your timing. Um, you can also negotiate, like, the amount of posts. Like, what I'm getting now is... Uh, know brands will want three Instagram posts and two blog posts and stuff like that and you know that's that's not always the best course of action uh it brand it builds brand exclusivity and shows your followers that you really do think this works or is worth it but you know like I try to either cut it down or spread it out more you usually just spread it out more and I've always read like there's a great book by Brittany Hennessy called um influencer and your feed should be 80% organic and 20% sponsored posts. So for me, like that was not the case. It was like 50, 50 or something. And I, it, it didn't make me happy. Um, I hook my so, teeth into that. It didn't make me happy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, um, what was I going to say? Uh, like with a sponsored content, when people give me hell about it and they don't like it, I, I, I remind them that, you know, uh, the blog alone, 
just the web hosting is expensive mm -hmm. and I, I need to like I can't afford to do all of this just on my like regular salary like the camera equipment's expensive um, you know paying a pro photographer is expensive traveling to Toronto is expensive when the brand doesn't want to pay you for that or cover that so I, ne I need to make money to offset these costs so if you want the level of quality that you're seeing and that you generally like for free, then you, you're going, yeah, you'll have to bear with me while I post this stuff. But you know, I try really hard to make the sponsored content engaging and as organic as possible. I, I I'm human. Sometimes I miss the mark, <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's just how I go about it. There's a, an influencer we follow and they said the exact same thing. It's about a year ago. They just did like a nice, story like selfie story and they were just saying hey i was just getting some heck on one of these sponsored posts and i just wanted to say like i do this for free uh like i give you this content for free but i do need to pay the bills and like this is just like a radio ad or this is just like a television commercial like this is paying my bills so i can keep making the just like you said like the 80 percent free fun content that i want to deliver you it was just paying my yeah. bills yeah yeah exactly so our last little moments that we want to wrap up with you is I want to ask you, can you just paint us the picture of your perfect creative scenario? So for Scott and I, it's the lights dimmed in our room, got a candle lit, maybe a lo-fi playlist on, and we're just sitting there and writing. What would your room look like? Oh, wow. I can't believe I've never thought about this because I feel like... <laughs> For the past year, I've been so stressed trying to deliver stuff on time. It's always me in my office, which is a disaster of like beauty products and garbage. And I tried to make it a more calming space because I really do create better when I feel good. Um, like for me, ideally, and this is a total fantasy, uh, I watched the movie. It's one of my favorite movies. It's complicated with Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson. So and good. she has this so good she has this oceanfront house in the hamptons and it's very cape cod looking so it's all light and beachy and airy and in her big bedroom she has a this beautiful desk set into her bay window that overlooks the water and she's got these like gauzy white curtains she's got this french like provencal desk and there's like you know, a beautiful sterling silver vase full of pebbles on one side and a bucket of hydrangea on the other. And she's wearing like cashmere and all of this. And yeah, like the beautiful candles, like that would be ideal. And this actually happens. My dog will curl up on my feet. So it's nice and warm. It's like a big breathing slipper. Like that's ideal. That's and like maybe maybe a glass of wine. I can't work to music. I can't do anything to music, I feel. Like I listen to it when I'm driving and cleaning, but that's about it. It totally distracts me because I want to bop or listen to the lyrics or whatever. Is that but even yeah, like that instrumental? Be... Yeah, honestly. So, okay. I used to get massive road rage. So my therapist said, listen to classical music in the car and it helped. Mm. So wow. I thought, okay, if I listen to classical music when I, when I'm typing, when I'm, I'm drafting stuff, maybe, you know, I'll feel better, but no, just, ugh shut up baroque piano <laughs> <laughs> it's like da 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 <laughs> okay so next one oh i can picture that totally i hope that next time you're sitting down writing your blog you just take a moment to just 
imagine yourself in that space while you're doing it. If you're ever writing a book, my dream, very similar. I was like, if I ever had to like, if I was on deadline to finish a book or something, I would like look for an Airbnb, just like you described and be like, give me a week. Like I'm going to go there. I'm going to shut it down and just work. But yeah, that would that's be it. so smart. Yeah. That's so smart. Maybe that'll be your next blog milestone treat. Airbnb yeah. in like the Cinque Terre in Italy, <laughs> windows open. Come on. Amanda, I would never come back. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> She's a travel blogger now. Bye. Um, yeah, see ya. Okay, so where do you find inspiration? Um, I find inspiration, like I have a, like a handful of bloggers I just adore. And like, for the most part, they're so out of my league. Like their photography is so on point. The clothes are so on point. Um, even their writing, the captions are so great. Um, I also find inspiration, like, I don't know. Um, definitely from another, a lot of bloggers, I would take... I still buy magazines. I love nothing more than the smell of a book when you crack it open or a magazine, like even the perfume samples. I love it, love it, love it. So um, if I, you know, was being paid by a brand to shoot whatever clothes, I'd go out and get an In Style or a Vogue or Harper's Bazaar is my favorite. Those photo shoots are just so incredible. So I get a lot, definitely a lot of inspiration from magazines. Um, I get a lot of inspiration actually from older women, like older influencers. I, I, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but she's a, a Montreal blogger, influencer, Instagrammer called Grace Ganem or Grease Ganem. I'll send you the link, but like her style is just so beautiful. I find like some of the more mature influencers, like they're all just about, like they've done the trends and they, they're over all of that. So they just have built this wardrobe of beautifully classic pieces and that's always resonated with me. Uh, so I get a lot of influence. I get a lot of inspiration from them. Like there's virtually no like young kids on Instagram that I, I look up to. Like I don't, you know what I hate? I hate the like, and I always have like the, I've made fun of this before, like felt cute, might delete later or mm, nachos or tacos or like, shut up. You know, tell me something that I can learn from or I can relate to. So, so yeah, definitely, definitely those things inspire me. Current events inspire me because I feel that it's kind of sad. Like a lot of influencers just sort of ignore what's going on, right? So, so yeah. I can uh, relate to now as I grow older. So I'm 29 years old. And as I grow older, I'm so old. Oh my gosh, no, you're my literal inspiration. I'm like, so I get inspiration from Dominique Baker. I don't know if you guys have heard of her. Um, But yeah, from from older Instagrammers or older bloggers, or even looking, we were watching Morning Show the other day. I don't know if you've seen it. And Jennifer Aniston, her character, she's like a news host. And obviously she has stylists behind like these costume designs, quote unquote, but all of these monochromatic suits, I was just living. <laughs> and so now when I shop, I'm like, she's like, she's so good on. to begin with. And uh, sorry to cut you off. She's so good to begin with like her own, like Jennifer Aniston personal style. But that's another thing that I was going to mention to you. Like there are some movies that like, I don't even know what the storyline is. 
the costuming is so good. Like Michael Kors did the remake of the Thomas Crown Affair and Michael Kors's runway, like ready to wear stuff is phenomenal. Like not the stuff in the mall, like the stuff on Madison Avenue. And uh, like, like there's some movies where, like I love old movies, like even the Hitchcock movies, the style is so incredible. I'd watch Mad Men, you know, just to see what these, like what Joan's wearing every episode. So I, I get a lot of inspiration from the movies and, and, and good TV shows too. It's so, so funny yeah, I could say, see that. It's so funny you say that because uh, Banana Republic used to have a line when Mad Men was really up and like happening in the news. They had a Mad Men collection. And I remember buying some dresses from there and people would sometimes say, oh, you kind of look like January Jones. And I was like, thank you <laughs> so much. She's crazy, Betty. but thank you. <laughs> She has all sorts of great crazy girl. I love Betty Draper. She was so, <laughs> she's so beautiful. Like <laughs> she's so beautiful. Yeah. That reminds me. I'm gonna rewatch that show because like my husband absolutely adored it. And he's like, the storyline's great, blah blah blah. And I'm just like, this fashion. Do you know that was all real vintage that they would tailor to the no. actresses? It was like none of that is costuming made for the show. Like they had some costume designer just scour vintage stores in LA, um, in California. Incredible. This is one of my new goals is to thrift more and find these things. So for the last thing in We Did It podcast, we do what's called a channel opening moment. So this is your opportunity to just leave the audience, whoever is listening out there, we love you. Thank you for listening. This long, we had such a great conversation, but it's your moment just to leave them something to think about when this recording stops. Awesome. Uh, I would just say, actually, I, I a lot of uh, beginner bloggers reach out to me, beginner influencers reach out to me for tips, and I always tell them, know your worth. And, you know, I feel that resonates with so many people even outside of blogging. You know, there's the woman who stays in the crummy relationship or the person suffering with a horrible boss or a terrible job, you know, being worked into the ground for little pay. And know your worth isn't just a money thing. It's like having integrity and morals and ethics and and core values. So I would definitely say, you know, like a lot of people, when when you sit down and you know your worth, it's just like, a B12 shot to your ego and your self-confidence and your self-esteem in like a, like when I say ego in a great way. So yeah, sit down and figure it out. Know your worth. <laughs> I love that. Oh, That's we perfect. love you so much. Where can people find you? Oh, okay. So you can find me on Instagram at Dominique.Baker and I have a blog styledomination.com, the worst blog name on the face of the planet. We literally love uh, it. I wish I changed that. <laughs> It's and, one of those things uh, where you're like, I'm YouTube. stuck with this now. I did it. It's already yeah, established. Ex- yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like if I change it now, I lose like 25% of my traffic from weirdos looking to be dominated. So <laughs> <laughs> can't have that. <laughs> and yeah, I'm also on YouTube. Just search style domination. That's, that's how you can find me. Guess what? What? We did it. <laughs> Love it. Man always it, hits we? people with that. She uh, always hits them with that. Yeah. Great so, job. I really wanted to say chicken butt. <laughs> oh, that'd have been great. That'd be great. <laughs> Would have just ruined. Did delete it. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> oh, we again. love you so much, Dom. Thank you so much for taking uh, all of this time. 
Hey, you're welcome. Uh, like I said, when I started teleworking, the world opened up for me. So I can't thank you enough for inviting me on. I miss you terribly. And when I get back to Toronto, I really hope all three of us can go for dinner or whatever you that. want. I would love that. Oh my God, we would love that so Holy cow, wasn't that a good one? We had so much fun. After that conversation, Scotty and I went on a walk and we were just endlessly talking about all of the amazing things and how vulnerable Dom was with us and just answering some of our questions and allowing us to be even vulnerable on the other side because the one thing we need to do is get out of our own way and have these conversations and really just open it up. I wanna say that we are going to have a bunch of resources on wedidit.com on our website. So you can go to Dom Monique's blog post there uh, where we will be highlighting this conversation and um, we're going to have a lot more information with how you can support the movement and continue to be the best ally you can in search for being anti-racist every single day. Um, Dom, we love you and there is no fact check here of course because we were talking to her about her life experience and things that were going on. She also mentioned a few different bloggers in this conversation so I will also have those linked up below so you guys can check it out too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode while you wait for our next one you can check us out on instagram and twitter and of course on our website we did a podcast and of course as always without you there is no we have a great week everyone <laughs>